Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll and on with the show. Hear ye, hear ye. This 35th episode of Short Bus Debate Club is hereby brought to order on October 14th in the year of our Lord. 2022. You should at least use the live Latin in that moment. You should at least go and down the knife. I second it. Did I, do I need to first it first? <laughs> no. Do we, do we have a quorum? We're just coming to order, dude. You don't need we a do quorum have, for that. Well, okay. um, all right. So the reason I did that goofy fucking intro is because we are going to talk about President Biden and his pardons of... Federal marijuana law violators. Um, but Biden. Uh, anyway, there's there's more than just Biden. So he's doing the pardons. But way, way back in 93, he was fighting hard for this crime bill. Um they basically put a lot of people in prison. Not any of the fucking people he's pardoning because it's possession only. Simple possession. Simple possession. Well, yeah, I said possession only, not because that's the legalese, but just because it's just possession. But anyway, so simple possession. Um, and I mean... At most, these people would have gotten a year if the federal government would have charged them anyway. But what dipshit is going to tell a Fed that he's holding a bag of weed? Um, well, there might be some. But anyway, so they would have gotten a year at, at most and like a $1,000 fine. So he he isn't really letting anyone go. It's, it's horseshit. Um, so Darren and I really wanted to talk about the crime bill and, and some other stuff. Um, so I've talked long enough on this intro with the hear ye, hear ye shit. So I'll let Darren talk. Well, just, I mean, we'll, we'll build, build back into the, the kind of idea of why, uh, nobody's being, uh, really being affected except for that. Like if you, if you get, if it goes off their record, then, I mean, they keep, talking about making it easier to get houses, making it, you know, not because if you knock it off your record, you're going to be able to get better jobs. Because really when it gets down to brass tacks, and if I think, like I remember the the, the exact terminology is is, is uh, simple felony possession. And I know that the, the laws are a lot different now than when I was young. Um, but so if, if you're talking about the, the way it's written in U.S. criminal code, it's not – Simple felony possession. It's just That's simple the way, possession. The way that they know. I read the criminal code. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll come back and fight about that in just a minute, mother, father. Unless you want me to let you have another Fuck four minutes. You. No, you go ahead. Dude. Week and a, go ahead and talk. But uh, um, when I was uh, doing the things that I was doing when I was young, um, any possession, at least in Colorado, that was a felony 
was always charged as possession with the with with the intent to distribute. And I I, I just can't in my mind. And I, I'd have to you know I'm not a lawyer. I'd have to go back and look all look all over all this stuff. But I don't I don't really know that if it's simple possession. When it becomes a felony, you're talking about bigger amounts. If you have bigger amounts, generally speaking, that bigger amount always means that uh, legally they all identify, identify it as possession with, the, with, with intent. And they're not pardoning anybody with possession with intent. It's just that one little teeny thing. And the suggestion, the number that they keep uh, repeating over and over again is it's going to uh, affect 3,500 people. I mean, they've been, they're not saying 3,500 people are going to be uh, removed from prison. You know, I mean, it's just one of those things over and over again. And uh, a lot of the people on both sides, um, they just seem to be missing. The only place where I actually seen anybody, Lee Camp from Re Redacted, he said, last week Biden freed every marijuana prisoner in the U.S. Or that's what our media would have you believe. The truth is, truth is Biden uh, pardoned people convicted of simple federal simple marijuana possession. The number of Americans currently in prison for th that is zero. And this is a really, you know, so then like Brian had just su suggested, what are, what are, what is he doing this for? Was he doing this considering that it's October and we're, we're about to have a midterm election next month? Why, why, you know, I mean, it's about optics. It's about looking good. Uh, you want to you want to corral uh, that far you know the the sort of Bernie you know populist socialist left space that it sort of like developed out of 2016 and 2020 and uh, I mean it's just like the it's sort of like the student loan thing and then this this ridiculous uh, suggestion came right in this moment to where they're trying to affect the outcome of the election I mean it just it, that's what it looks like to me anyway so. And I guess he did say one other thing, too. But again, it's not an act. He said that uh, we're going to explore whether or not um, we, we take it off of Schedule 1. I mean, but you know, that, that doesn't put a timeline on anything, you know. He says he's encouraging the states to, to do certain things. I'm, I'm rambling now. but uh, Right. But I think it's funny that he's encouraging the states to do certain things, which include, you know, letting people off for marijuana possession. But the fact is that in this state and California and what is it, 26 states that have recreational marijuana, you know, we're the ones fighting with the fucking federal government on marijuana. They're, you know, saying that it's still illegal. So how the fuck can he be pushing? <laughs> I know it's just optics, but... I, I hate these cocksuckers. I, I really do. I hate them all. Well, all of them. So, it, I mean, the, the, the disjointed sort of legal system that we live in is, is I mean, I don't know, if, they, if, we, if we live long enough not to kill ourselves and we look back at this moment and think about the way that uh, uh, we had all these various different levels that were sort of like fighting with one another uh, about uh, legal outcomes, like, 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 like Brian was just saying, you know, and I told the, this story before about when the, uh, the postal inspectors would come and, you know, because we're a federal institution, the post office is a federal institution, so we have to abide by, by federal law. If you are doing anything, I had one of my, there was a fellow carrier that I worked with who uh, owned a house. Uh, his, uh, uh, the person who he was renting the house to 
was conducting an, uh, a growing operation out of it. Of course, it was stuff that was on the up and up as far as Colorado is concerned. But because he owned the house and he was a federal worker, uh, he was fired. And uh, he fought and he got his job back, but he lost 18 months because of this tension between state legal positions and federal legal positions. And it's just so out of joint right now. Um, and I mean, like the, uh, I mean, going back to the bill, the 93, 94 uh, bill, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into this deep. Um, what was the modus operandi behind the, the structure of that bill in the first place? If Biden were, have to, were to have done anything right now that uh, would have gone against the, uh, the thought processes that were driving that, that space forward where they were building prisons, they were hiring a ton more police officers, and there were all these grants and all these uh, different financial spaces where they just kept pushing money into the system for, you know, to, to, to raise incarceration rates and to, to crack down on these uh, evildoers, you know. Um, it's not like there was one uh, article that it, oh, it was out of the out of the Rolling Stone, and it says from from drug war Joe to dank Brandon. No, no, this is not fucking reality. If he would have flipped it, then all of these these spaces that they created that evolved out of the 1994 Crime Act, uh, they would be losing their their customers. So, just as a starting point for the for the bill stuff, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think he's a dick. So, <laughs> and and here's how much of a dick. And, and I, I don't know exactly what was going on in Congress. Um, they had been fighting for this crime bill to go through for about six years before it finally became law. Um, and of course, everybody wanted to throw pork on it and do this and, and that. And, you know, it's, it's the Safe Streets Act and it's the Safe Women Act and it's the law and Enforcement and Prevention Act, and it's all of this shit because people people keep piling more and more into it, right? Well, our fucking idiot president introduced a Senate bill, number 1607, on the 1st of November, 93. Well, a House resolution had already been introduced October 26th of that same year. So they had him beat by week and a half, two weeks before, you know, he even introduced his bill. Um, it was indefinitely postponed on November 19th, 1993. And I think it's because the other people in the Senate said, look, stupid, the house has one going, you know, if we just wait, it'll come through and, and we can vote on it. That didn't, stop him from doing his firebrand and and talking about, you know, punishing people and, and doing all of this, um, making things hard for people. Now, I, okay, so I, I didn't talk to Darren about this prior to the episode. Um, and, and we're not a conspiracy theory podcast. That's not what we're about. Um, I, but I, I do want to mention a couple of things because I, I think they're interesting. Um, so within this bill, 
Darren mentioned there was a lot of stuff about prisons, um, which there were, and later on, I'll read it to you. <laughs> it's, it's a hoot. Um, but there was a lot of stuff about meth and drugs. Um, you know, basically, this was the bill that made it illegal to buy more than two boxes of Benadryl at the, the pharmacy. Um, but they also expanded the definition of terrorism within this bill. Um, the reason that I mention that is because Ruby Ridge happened in 92. Those wacky fucking Texans in Waco happened in 93. Um, and then... Uh, oh, you know what? You're right. I totally forgot about that one, but that's because I was looking at the ones that are domestic terrorists, right? So those crazy fucking Waco people, but Darren's right. It was, it was 92 or 93 where the first world trade center bombing happened. So within this bill, they expanded the definition of, of terrorism. Um, Bill Clinton's approval rating was not good in in late 93, 94. Um, His wife had released that socialized medicine thing. And he was, well, yeah. He was Bill and Reno were fucking things up. I mean... <laughs> and in case you, you, the listeners, all four of you, don't know who Bill or Reno are, that's Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, and Janet Reno. Um, so Bill or Reno were not doing well. His approval ratings were not good. And then Oklahoma City happened in August of 94. Um They caught the perpetrators just out of nowhere, even though they didn't have any leads. But luckily, someone was caught for speeding. Um, so they caught the perpetrators. And then all of a sudden, Clinton's approval rating went through the fucking roof. Um, I, I just I think that it's kind of interesting. I, and I just mentioned it because of the terrorism thing. So I want you guys to think about that shit, too. Um, I kind of had a point, but I don't want to say it because, like I said, we're not a conspiracy theory show. Um, okay, so fuck. Now I'm totally lost because I was talking shit about Tell Oklahoma me what your City. Conspiracy theory is there. Well, I you're, you're showing all those links between domestic terrorism. Yeah, I I honestly because for the first twenty four hours they didn't have a lead at all, mm-hmm. and then if he hadn't got busted speeding, then they wouldn't have known, you know, what was going on. And they found his contract at the U-Haul place. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I believe that if you have the brains to pull off a bomb that's strong enough to destroy an entire fucking building, yeah. that you're going to hide the contract mm-hmm. well enough to where the FBI can't find it within a day or two. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to get busted for speeding. Um, so I think 
the whole thing was bullshit. I actually believe that Bellarino blew those people up in order to show because the FBI looked bad because of Ruby Ridge and Waco. Mm-hmm. And Bellarino were not doing well as far as approval goes. But as soon as they got Timothy McVeigh, everybody was like, yay, FBI. Way to go, Billary. So they needed to swing it. Swing or Billarino. So yeah. the idea then would be that it was something like what happened with the the, the Michigan when they were going to try to kidnap the governor, the governor up there, that lady governor. And, and there were about six guys that were the key figures that were um, civilians. And the other 12 people were all undercover FBI guys that were essentially teaching them how to do all the things that they needed to do to execute it. <laughs> the same kind of shit that happened with the, one of those. I'm not sure if it was if it was the if it was the Boston Marathon bombing or another one like that where. They literally, the FBI went and found these, you know, uh, Forrest Gump type, you know, Muslims, you know, and uh, said, you know, we can help you. We should do this. Be angry. You know, let's go bomb something. And then they they teach them how to do it. And then. And then bust them. Yeah. Wow, dude. I didn't realize they had done that. Um, yeah, look at the Michigan number one. There's some really weird stuff. That seems like an entrapment sort of deal. Of course it does. But it's all there. I mean, the, the point is stuff all, you know, it, it's, all, it's, all, it's all available. You can look at the original documents. With, I mean, obviously. With well, I, I still don't believe that, that McVeigh did it. And I know everybody thinks I'm a fucking whack job because of that. But well, this is the, the idea is, though, that it, it, that further drove the dialectic forward to, to be in favor of, you know, increasing the power of the state. Yeah. And then, you know, well, and not that anybody paid a whole lot of attention because this crime bill wasn't anything like the Patriot Act. There were a lot of people that took note of the Patriot Act. Um, well, there were a lot of people that didn't also, though, like they had no idea how invasive the wording was. Or they would make stupid comments like. Uh, I'm not doing anything wrong. Right. Right. So um, the crime bill ended up getting passed. Um, It was an amendment or it was to amend uh, a previous act, which was the Omnibus Crime Control and Safe Streets Act of 1968. So what Congress does lots and lots is they just amend prior documents. Um, But they also do some really kind of tricky shit. So when H.R. 3355 became law, it was Title 42 of the United States Code. Okay. Um, Several years ago, they changed it to Title 34 of the U.S. Code. Now, their justification was, well, we had crime stuff over here at um, Homeland, the Homeland Protection Act, and we had crime stuff at Title 18, and we had crime stuff here and there. So instead, we wanted to consolidate all of the crime stuff under one, one title, and we made it 34. But there's still crime stuff at 18. <laughs> And there's still crime stuff at, at Homeland Security and probably 15 other places. Um, the reason, that, my point is, is that 
they get tricky. Okay, so here's what the scary part, or one of the scary parts of that bill when it went into effect. So basically, they had a provision called the Truth in Sentencing Incentive Grants. And they said that states can get grants for their prisons, but a state must meet the requirements in this section. One, has in effect laws which require that persons convicted of violent crimes serve not less than 85% of the sentence imposed. Two, since 1993, has increased the percentage of convicted violent offenders sentenced to prison. Listen to that again, <laughs> because it fucking blows my mind still, and I've read it a bunch just in the last couple of days. Has increased the percentage of convicted violent offenders sentenced to prison. B, is has increased the average prison time which will be served in prison by convicted violent offenders sentenced to prison. Um, has increased the percentage of sentence which will be served. So not only do they want to increase the percent of violent offenders, they want to increase the number of violent offenders offenders convicted, and then they want to increase the actual sentences. Um, if the states did this, this is the good news. And this is also why I mentioned the pork, because, and the moving from Title 42 to Title 34. Because they really wanted to fucking hide this money. Um, so basically, if the states did all of this stuff, in 1995, there was $175 million appropriated for this program. In 96, it went up to 997 million. 97, it went to 1.3 billion. 98, it went to 2.5 billion. 99, 2.6. And 2000, 2.7. Now, I rounded down in all of those cases. So we're talking about huge fucking amounts of money. Um, now, in Title 42, they buried it under something called, oh, fuck, I don't have Title 42 pulled up here. But anyway, it was something, justice restoration. Um, and essentially, from 2023 on, there's over a billion dollars allocated but then there are several subsections where it's 250 million and 75 million and whatever. So there are billions and billions of dollars buried in this restoration, justice restoration, which is directly tied to HR 3355. Um, so 
they're still, and they're not saying we want to increase the number of prisons and we want to increase the number of prisoners and we want to increase the number of sentences, but they're still giving money for it. Um, so I'm going to get off my soapbox and let Darren talk for a little bit because I gave myself a headache. So I'm mm-hmm. sure you guys are hurting. Well, just, just for a second. So like, a, a statistic that that comes out um, immediately behind all those things that Brian's talking about is that uh, we we have uh, what what percentage of the population we have in the world? Oh, so it's what twenty five percent of well, depending because we talked about that in the prison episode, right? Yeah, yeah. So depending on how you look at it, we've got anywhere between twenty and twenty five percent of the, the, the incarcerated the incarcerated people. Yeah, but so, then you know, we've got. What is it? Five like, percent of the population. Five percent was what I read. So there's there's clearly a disproportionate number there um, where that we, we we put more people in prison than anybody else. They certainly succeeded at was what it was that they were trying to uh, uh, aim for in, in the structure of that bill. But because I'm sure that their um, their actions were all altruistic, that all of these monies that were being allocated to the people who were successfully increasing the uh, the number of people in prison, successfully increasing the longevity of their their stays while they're there. Um, I'm sure that all that money was going to public prisons, right? Public jails. Didn't say specifically, especially <laughs> after 2000. Yeah, of course. I'm being a smart. Yeah, yeah. I know you were. I know. I know. I mean, I, that's what I was telling you. I think that this is really where it started. A lot of shit. Like it started the crackdown on terrorism. It started the crackdown on meth it started the crackdown on we'll call it offenders but it also started private prisons and really strengthened the prison industrial complex to the nth degree yeah i mean that was i mean you 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 turn you turn a justice system into a business then the concept of justice disappears at that point it's it's only about uh, making money, sustaining money. So if that's the case, and Joe Biden was the guy who uh, architected this bill uh, with, I think, Orrin Hatch of all people. What a fucking prick that guy was. Um, but if he architected it with with those with, with those, if it was those two, why 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 would he all of a sudden become this wonderful person who's going to look out for uh, the well-being and step in and start springing people out of jail? I mean. He does the optic thing. He makes he makes it look good. You know, he says, I'm going to, you know, federal, you know. Uh, and, of course, another thing, when, when you pardon people, that doesn't change the law. If you get busted tomorrow for uh, some simple, simple felony possession. Then, or just possession. Yeah, you're going to you're going to get busted. You know, I'm, I, I just mean like on the on the federal level, you, you're, you're going to go to jail. It, this is this is only for everybody that that. Uh, did it on the day that the pardon went through and, and previously. Okay. So I will give you, I, I think that we need to just kind of agree. Well, we're not agreeing to disagree, but I'm looking at the statute right now. It's title 21 us code 844 and it's simple possession. That's it. Just wanted to give you a heads up. So simple and possession, we both have. We just need to drop that felony part. 
I'm, I'm not going to because I've heard it talked about over and over again, and I'm not sure why you keep coming at me from that space anyway. There is nobody that's in a federal prison for a misdemeanor. No. Anywhere, ever. So maybe I don't say felony because we assume that it's a felony no matter what. That could be. But I don't there, know. There are, there are no federal misdemeanor, you know. But either way, uh, the point, the more important point <clears throat> in contradistinction to whatever it is that you're focusing on right now. I just thought we were moving on and I wanted to yeah, jump can, back yeah. before we did. Right, I appreciate that. that. was really That was helpful. <laughs> So, so like I was saying, sorry. <laughs> no, you're not sorry, you <laughs> fucking jackass. <laughs> so, like I was saying, it is not in his interest. I mean, this is the guy that did the bankruptcy bill. This is the guy who's been best friends with the credit card companies for his entire existence. This is the guy who uh, made it impossible for people to file bankruptcy on uh, private uh, student loans. Uh this guy's not here to help you. Don't don't suddenly think just because you did one thing that you think looks good, he gave you this little shiny thing that might look like a pretty piece of gold. It's it's fool's gold, gold folks. This is not this is not what you think it is. He's not helping us. He, all he said he was going to do is talk about they're going to they're, they're going to get a committee of people to talk about taking it on a schedule one. This is not going to happen. There, there's nothing that's going to happen. The prisons are. You you're, you're, you have a world where you have all kinds of problems that are cropping up all over the place, intense you know economic problems. You've got wars going on right now all over the place, not just between Ukraine and Russia. Um, prisons are not going to go anywhere. Prisons are an important tool for people who think that they're going to lose power to, uh, to effectively keep populations uh, frightened and quiet. So Now, you guys really should know this, and I, I'm mentioning it just because... This is what's written, but I don't want you to, you know, end up in jail and then write us a bunch of letters from fucking Leavenworth or something. And I know that's a military prison, but saying, you know, fuck you, Brian, you said it was only 50 kilograms and, and above. But that's essentially the number that they they lead with in the statutes um, is is 50 Kilograms. So, so apparently they don't give a shit about anything under that. And, and that's why there's nobody in jail for possession at the federal level, because you can't just possess 50 kilos. <laughs> and if you do, there will always be something tacked onto the end of it saying possession with intent to distribute. Well, right. Cause there's some big nasty shit. Here's, here's another thing like the fine at that level is like $10 million. So if you compare that to the fine for possession at a thousand, you know, there's definitely a, a big gap there. Um, so it just food for thought. And, and it explains why 6,500 people are being pardoned of nothing. And you, you brought up something while we were talking the other day. Um, generally when a pardon goes across the desk of the president or if it's, you know, at the state level, the governor or whatever, um, there will be names. There's not just this blanket, you know. So I, I really want to know who these people are. Like I, I, I think that when I hear a number being put out there and I don't see a concrete list, and you can say something about privacy all you want, but no, when they pardon anybody else, it's not about privacy for them. They, they, they write the pardon and they say, 
Bob Smith, Joe Schmo, whatever, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's absolute horseshit. And for all we know, I mean, cause really we have the white house to believe or the New York times or the Washington post. I mean, who else was saying thousands? I, I and I know you had the number of 6,500, but my point is we have to, put faith in these fucking people and they could just, the white house could be pulling that number out of a hat. Well, and you know what it really looks like because the way that I read it in all the different articles that I read it, it almost looked like it was a long term position to where it was stated by, by the, by the white house. And cause it just keeps the sentence that I read is essentially the same sentence over and over and over again, which that's not, that's not good. Okay. So they got it out of a press packet something or something like that. Yeah. That's what, that's, that's what it looks like. I mean, I can't say for sure, but that's really what it looks like. And we don't know. I mean, I, 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 if you, if you want to gain the trust of people, you can't just keep pooping out this stuff and not give us what it is that's because in the past, you know, there's, there's a guy that we brought to Metro when we were doing the Beyond Chicanismo. His name was, uh, Luis Rosa. He was a, a Puerto Rican independence movement guy. He was an independista. Um, when he was 18 years old, he was involved with a bunch of people that were trying to get, you know, Puerto Rican independence from the U.S., uh, they bombed some people. Uh, there was some crazy shit that happened. The extent, all the extent of it, they they still don't know for sure. So much so that while he was in prison, um, three of his family members were killed um, because they were trying to get information out of him. But the point was uh, when Hillary Clinton decided to run for uh, Senate in New York because you could you could tell at that point in time she was posturing to try to, to try to move herself into a spot to run for president. Um, when she did that, uh, she wanted the Puerto Rican vote. And one way to get the Puerto Rican vote was to uh, make yourself look good in the Puerto Rican community. So I think there were a, a total of 21 people, either 21 or 18, but uh, that were involved in those original act, acts uh, by the FALN, that, those independistas, and uh, all but three of them were, were pardoned. And on those pardons, they listed, you know, da, 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 Luis Rosa, you know, and uh that's the way that pardons are, you know, in the world that I'm from. And of course, I'm not a pardon lawyer. I don't know shit about law, but I do know that, like Brian had suggested to me a couple of days ago, there should be names listed. So there should, if, if in fact, 6,500 people were affected by this, uh, this action, there should be 6,500 pardons that we as citizens would have access to, to be able to, to see who and who and what they are. And where yeah, we should be able to print like 65 pages worth of fucking names. And, and that's. Obviously, you know, if the names are written really small, um, but um, <laughs> we we should be able to see them. And that's what I was was pissed about when we were talking about doing this. And, and I even suggested to Darren that we wait to do this episode until we can get those names. And um, about midweek, we kind of decided that, you know it wasn't going to happen. Like they weren't going to publish a list of names. They were just going to continue saying thousands or, or 6,500 or, or whatever the case is. Um, so obviously he's doing this for no reason. He's trying to, you know, placate the masses while leaving the prison industrial com complex completely happy and and grinning like a fucking cheshire cat um 
I, I want to read something though, because I, I think it's pretty interesting and not all of the Bill Arino apologized. But in 2015, Bill Clinton publicly apologized in a speech to the NAACP and said, I signed a bill that made the problem worse, and I want to admit it. In that bill, there were longer sentences, and most of those people were in prison under state law. But federal law set a trend, and that was overdone. We were wrong about that, period. So... I, I don't know if he was genuine in in his apology. I mean, he was in front of the NAACP, but he's the first politician I can think of that actually admitted wrongdoing um, without speaking out of both sides of his mouth, uh, which I I think is both impressive and scary at the same time though like when i when i hear him apologizing there in my head it, it you know it sounds more like in my head like what he'd say to jennifer flowers when he told her he's about to shoot and she you know i'm, I'm sorry jennifer i got you in the eye i'm sorry about that i didn't mean to i should have told you sooner <laughs> i just don't think that there was probably very much sincerity in any of it and i mean seriously like that, there's a Confessions of an Economic Hitman. I think the guy's name was Michael Perkins that wrote that book, something like that. I can't remember, but if you know the book, you know that title. Um, he was working uh, undercover with intelligence agencies, going around to like you know all these uh, like Ecuador and you know Bolivia and Philippines and all these trying to help set up uh, fucking over the indigenous people in these spaces and setting up. Uh, uh, like they uh, power power. Um, what the fuck am I trying to say? Building a p- power, power station, yeah, power, power plant, power, power station, so that they can they can pipe in things and extract, uh, you know, ores, you know, minerals, uh, any anything that uh, that that place has. Also, oh, they're fucking them over twice. Yeah, yeah, so it's double. Yeah, you, you and uh, if you get in the way, they they kill them. You know, they're they're fucking up their environment in the aftermath. So he writes this fucking book uh, and says, "What I did was wrong, and I really." I really feel sorry about it. That's when I hear that shit about about Clinton. You know, I mean, uh, how many poor poor white, you know, black and brown people ended up fucking being in in jail or because of because of what it was that they did? I mean, I think that these motherfuckers should be drawn and quartered sometimes. You know. See, I was gonna say, well, the dude that wrote the book made a bunch of money off of his book, but Bill Clinton probably made I don't know twenty five. 50, 100 grand off of that, that Talk, speech. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I'm counting my money all the way to the bank. <laughs> so, I mean, considering he made Monica Lewinsky rich just by coming on her dress, um, I'm sure he's he was making money off of his speeches, not just doing them for free. Um, but, yeah, so... I mean, I, I know that we've got to be coming up, and, and I was looking at titles and shit the whole time, so I don't even know where we are on time. Okay, so we're we're at like 40 minutes. Um, I know what we're going to talk about next week, but I, I think that we should probably still maybe drill into a couple of points here on on the pardons and the fact that 
Joe Biden is an asshole and, and shouldn't be elected again. But I'm not exactly sure what to say because I, I don't know if, you know, I don't want to read a bunch more legalese because that sucks for me. And it's yeah, not, not very entertaining for you guys either. I'm not, I'm not aware, so. You're not? No. Yeah. Okay. No longer. I look, like, I look like one. No longer am I going to introduce you as Darren Jolly Esquire. Um, All right, Brian, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a fucking reference to Bill and Ted's excellent right. adventure. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny either way um yeah so i guess just uh what are we don't, talking about next week next week we've got leadership and the burden of command on monday uh we're gonna tie that together with tv shows and movies on wednesday so we'll talk about the burden of command, probably at a more micro level, and maybe say some shit that everybody understands more because they've seen, you know, The Walking Dead or Battlestar Galactica or Star Mad Trek. Max or Star Trek or whatever. Um, and then Friday, we're talking about labor and unions and the fact that there are lots of people now that want to unionize, and I don't think they understand what that fucking means. Yeah, you gotta, you, you can't make history in the historical conditions you're choosing. You know, you gotta, you gotta understand what which way the wind blows. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, fuck it. I'll I'll just say this, and and we can wrap it up, and and Darren can say some more, but. You know, don't believe everything that you read or, or listen to. I mean, 6,500 of nothing is fucking nothing. Um, <laughs> so Joe Biden is, is just placating the prison industrial complex private. Um, and even if he's, he's not because, you know, they started getting rid of, uh, a certain number of federal private prisons. There's still a lot of prison contract companies that do transportation. They do food and beverage. They do cleaning. They do communications. Um, for that matter, they do the fucking commissary and sell Cheetos for $9 a bag. So um, the prison industrial complex is more than just the the big fucking scary buildings. The only thing that I'd say in closing, and it's in direct relation to kind of what you were just saying, is that uh, um, in an ACLU uh, article I read about uh, marijuana, uh, people being in prison, is between 2010 and 2018, 6 million people were uh, arrested on any number of different marijuana charges. If you're going to uh, maintain the uh, political economy, which they're going to make sure, the Royal Day is going to make sure that they do that, just imagine uh, everybody was so happy when we left Afghanistan. Uh, the never-ending war came to an end, and where are we nine months later? So if you're going to, if you are actually, if they're going to make a move to decriminalize marijuana, you better believe that they're going to find something else to fill that gap, because they're not going to let those prisons go to fun. 
it's for, for, for both the financial purposes that they feel and for the social purposes that they feel. Because as things continue to start to get kookier, you know, as environmental problems start to melt up, um, as things, I mean, we, we still got seven wars going on all over the world right now. As long as that trend continues to occur, uh, prisons are going to be a big part of life. Which I know that they're never going to fucking do this, but if they just, I mean, look at how much money the states have made off of legalized weed. Mm-hmm. If they just fucking legalize drugs and tax them, then we would need fewer prisons. We'd have plenty of money for fucking schools. And I think everybody would be a lot happier. I know I would. I just don't think that's a plan. No, it definitely <laughs> is not. But I like that. I like that picture. I, it's a much prettier picture than mine. I think that that money going to those places and then focusing on, you know, people that actually deserve to be in prison would be a neat fucking thing. Anyway, I wanted to use the word neat because it's not a overly words or overly used word anymore. That's swell. Uh, right, swell. Another good word. All right, people. Um, remember, so, burden of command on Monday and Wednesday, technically, and uh, labor and unionizing Starbucks. And short bus debate on Twitter, short bus debate club, TikTok, and we will see you next week. Hasta luego.